Welcome to the Sale Street Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. And for more information about our church, visit salestreet.org. This morning we're going to be reading out of Acts 9, 23 through 40, through 43, or 32 through 43, excuse me. Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her and laid her in an upper room, since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. Thank you, Abigail. Y'all may be seated. That is our passage this morning, is Acts 9, 32-43. But before we get started, I, I wanted us to start in prayer this morning. And I got permission from the family to share this with uh, the whole church. Um, not going to go into a lot of details, but uh, the Newton family was involved in a car accident last night. And overall, they're okay. Um, but Hunter and Hannah had to stay overnight for observation. Um, and obviously, um, uh, Dean and Sarah uh, were with them. But, um, but at this time, I would like for us to just take a time as a family and pray for them. And, 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 and let us as a church family be reaching out to them today and loving them. And, and throughout this week... Um, Hannah and Hunter uh, are just uh, amazing young people. The first thing Hunter said out of my, uh, I, with his arm in a sling last night, Kent, I'm going to still try to do world changers. I just might have to change it just a little bit what I can do. So Hunter. And then Hannah laying on the bed grabs my hand and says, I'm still going to try to come. And I, so that just tells you they're just, uh, uh, just uh, wonderful people. And I was with them last night to about 1.30 this morning, and, and, um, and um, our Lord is good. And, um, and so let's pray for the Newton family. Father, I lift up Dean and Sarah and Hannah and Hunter this morning, and I lift them up from last night to this morning and to now, and I lift them up into your very capable hands. Uh, Father, we know that you are the great physician. 
And Father, we just pray for them, and we just pray, Father, your, uh, your healing upon Hunter and Hannah. Um, Father, we pray for uh, Mr. Lord and Miss Sharon as, as they are concerned as grandparents. And, and Father, we just lift this family up to you. And Father, we just, uh, um, um, just, we just pray your, your protection over them and their counsel over them, Father. And Lord, um, we just ask right now, Lord, that uh, as, as both Hunter and Hannah were even in, in, in the midst of this, Father, they were showing Christ to those around them. And Father, I just, uh, I just uh, lift both of them up to you. And Father, just pray that healing upon their body. In your name, amen. Well, good morning to you and to those joining us online. And um, I want to tell you that uh, as we are in Acts, I, I, we're just so excited that you're here this morning. Um, it, look, it just looks like uh, uh, the rain just keeps coming, right? And, um, um, but we are here this morning. We're excited. And starting a, a week from today... We're going to get ready for World Changers because World Changers is coming June 14th. Um, is going to be here. We're going to have 220 students here uh, taking over our, our church. Yeah, you can clap about that. They're going to be taking over our church, and we're going to be doing, um, I told you all in the 20 crews, but um, we're having bigger crews right now because we didn't have enough crew chiefs, so we're going to have about 18 crews and um, uh, with about 14 to 15 on each crew, um, we're going to be doing roofs and muckouts and fences and, man, you name it. But um, we're doing as much as we can um, with the, uh, the amount of time that we have. And we're excited uh, what the Lord's going to do. And you can be a part of that. Um, as this message is going to lend us to this understanding, this opportunity this morning, you can be a part of that. And one of the ways you can do that is up front, before you leave, um, there is um, cards called Kurgrams that you can pray for uh, an individual who's um, uh, attending World Changers. And, and we can be able to put that into a little mailbox that we have here um, um, to encourage them throughout the week. Um, I... These kids love that, part of that. I do. There's some Kurgrams I have kept. Um, Miss Barbara's kept all her Kurgrams, but she's Miss Barbara, so she's awesome. She keeps all that. I, I, I sometimes, I, I'll just be honest, I stick things in the Bibles and find them later sometimes. Uh, but, but we encourage you to be a part of that. And, but if you physically cannot do something for world changers, one of the things that you can be doing is be praying. And that is one of the most mighty things you can be doing. There is nothing in which we, uh, in this church, that we cannot do to participate in world changers. If you cannot participate physically, like I said, you can participate with us in prayer. And we, we would love for you to do that and be a part of that. So this morning, Abigail read for me Acts 9, 32-43. So just kind of summing up here is in the book, uh, in, in, the, in, in, eight and, um, in 8 and 9, we have seen that Paul has, um, has uh, uh, we've seen Paul and his conversion. We have now seen that, uh, uh, that he's 
confronted the Jerusalem council, and we have seen now that he has gone home towards uh, Tarsus, and now Luke has focused now back on Peter. And the last time we saw Peter was his connection to the Samaritan mission um, in chapter 8, and now he is participating here in the Judean mission and, and preaching the gospel to the coastal cities. And next week we will be... Peter will still be there and will be a witness into the Gentiles, um, uh, into the Gentile situation, establishing that mission to the ends of the earth. And Peter will be a part of that. And so sometimes this passage is small and can be overlooked. Um, but, this, um, but these two miracles that we're looking at here is, uh, ha- is interesting linked together between these two healings. Several things here. One, the people here um, healed is designated by name, which is usually not the cause in early miracle stories. And perhaps this reflects the vivid community story in which they told people because um, these um, because this had an impact on to their community. Second, the Christians are referred to as saints in both of these accounts. And saints was a rare designation for believers in the book of Acts. And finally, they, uh, command, uh, the command to arise um, is essential um, is essential to both of the healings. There's close relationship here indicating that these two stories of Peter's healing, uh, uh, being a part of the healing and this plane of Sharon were bound, bounded, but also um, separately in tradition that, 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 that Luke followed and he used. So as we look at this this morning, I was inspired by uh, John MacArthur commentary. I, I didn't take point by point by him, but I was definitely inspired by an interesting look that he looked at this that I thought was good for us as we're preparing for role changers as a church. What makes an effective ministry is the question, and we see here Peter do three effective steps to allow the opportunity for the gospel to spread, and I want to look at that this morning. Because these miracles, and there will be other events and acts, were used for the opportunity for the gospel. As we prepare world changers, Samaritan's Purse, and many other things that are happening around us, are opportunities to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay. A lot of times... We, we, instead of seeing opportunities in our life, we'll see barriers. Or we'll see burdens. But God uses these as opportunities, and he will use these miracles. And, and, and trust me, as they were happening, imagine a paralyzed man does not see his situation sometimes as an opportunity. A, a death of a very beloved person in the community is not sometimes seen as an opportunity. But God, God, Christ, through Peter, used it as an opportunity, and we will see how it affect the entire cities around them. 
Well, we're about to have opportunities that are going to be here as we go to different sites and homeowners where Christ can be shared. Now, some of them are, are Christians and some of them are not, but their neighbors may or may not be. The people who see us may or may not be. It will, it will get attention from others. And what will they see in us? Just as Samaritan's Purse has got to have these opportunities and they have shared with the homeowners. And sometimes, more importantly, they have got to share with the neighbors who have asked. And sometimes they've asked. Uh, one particular home was that this lady, the neighbors kept going by and saying, she doesn't deserve this. She doesn't deserve this rebuild. The neighbors kept coming by. But see, here's the deal. None of us deserve the love of Christ. And he still gave it to us. And what an awesome opportunity that they got to do to share constantly the love of God. They would say, she's unlovable. And, and she's ungrateful. And they would say these things. But they used it as opportunity to share gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And some of those neighbors found Christ for the very first time through those opportunities because they could see Christ being loved. And that is our opportunity as well. So three things I want us to look at in this effective ministry. And like I said, this was inspired um, by, um, uh, from a John MacArthur commentary. Uh, not every point is his, um, but it's definitely inspired by that. Peter was first connected. Peter was connected. We see um, um, Peter connected in two ways. One, he was connected to the movement and in the motion of where the Spirit was leading him. The first thing we see is what? And now Peter went here and there among them all. Do not, I think we read sentences like that and we go, okay. But Notice what he is doing. He is preaching. He is teaching. He is being uh, actively involved, and he is talking to others around him. And as he was doing, he was coming upon these cities and preaching the word. And we see that here that, that Peter was going here and there, and he was traveling. And, and it shows um, this, uh, this character that, of Peter's ministry at the time. Peter did not just stay in one spot. He was going around. A lot of times when we think of Peter, we think of that he is sitting in Jerusalem in a hierarchy um, and sitting, uh, sitting on, uh, on the council, and he's, doing, uh, and he's not doing anything. Sometimes that's that picture we have, but that's not Peter. Peter is involved. The disciples were not just sitting around. They were going out and spreading the gospel of Christ. They were doing the task in which Christ himself gave to them and he has gave to all of us. So a lot of times when we, um, when we hear, I know how I thought. I always thought Peter was sitting over here in Jerusalem. And as I studied, I realized, no, um, Peter was very much about and, and, and a part of this movement. And Peter, um, and we, uh, we said that... Uh, it, um, so as he was moving, as he was going, it made it easy for God to direct him. Because he was, he was, he was listening to where the Spirit was moving. Sometimes we are sitting still and we're asking and asking for the Spirit to lead us. And he has given us opportunities and opportunities, but yet we don't want it. Because it may not be the opportunities we want. But as we're moving and we're seeing these opportunities, we take them. 
And the Lord has given us opportunities in Lake Charles right now that we can spread the gospel. Two hurricanes, ice storm, flood. Those, our city has been hit hard, amen? They need to see Christ in us. People are going to be looking for hope. But see, this world cannot offer hope. Only Christ can offer hope. Jesus said to be the light and the salt. And what does light do? A light attracts. A light, a light, a light gives you hope. It gives you stability. It, it, it makes you want to guide towards something. And we, we need to be that as for Lake Charles, and let them, and this gives us this opportunity. Got, um, a quote here from John MacArthur, God has always seemed to trust his richest ministries to sometimes his busiest saint, saints. Just being wholeheartedly active in ministry places one in a strategic opportunity. And I don't want you to hear that wrong. We're not just talking about pastors we're talking about all of us beloved we are all to be actively a part of the ministry we we have to get out of this idea that only pastors or only elders or only deacons serve or do ministry it is a joint effort we come together we're to go out together and God God there is no retirement in the kingdom of God Because guess what happens? When we pass from this earth and we go in before the throne, we still got jobs to do. It says that. And we worship and we come together. There is no retirement. There is places we can do. There's things we can do. And even though that might change depending on our abilities, it's still equally important into the kingdom of God because it takes all of us. And like Peter was connected, and as he was being moved into that, we see another thing that he was connected to. He was connected and connecting the opportunities of the gospel. Like another quote here from John MacArthur, Peter's availability, because he was involved, gave him an open door for ministry. The miracle, besides its obvious impact on the life of uh, Aeneas, but also Dorcas, that we'll look at here was to be used by God to bring a large number of people in the surrounding regions to faith in Jesus Christ and we see this in both of these stories that he connected these miracles to Christ he connected it to the gospel and it was used to spread among people and tell the gospel story we'll see here in a minute and uh, we've already read about Dorcas, but we're going to see here in a minute. So her name was Tabitha and Dorcas, and they mean the same thing. It means gazelle. And it's, and it's describing what she was. It, it, it mean, uh, when they use that word of gazelle in English, it would be our word, uh, our word very, uh, to, to, be a, um, to be someone of, of, um, of beauty and of peace. And it describes her personality. We meet this, this woman named uh, uh, Dorcas who, as a saint, said, I'm going to minister 
to the widows. I'm going to minister into a part that the church is not doing actively. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to take my gifts that the Lord has given me, and I'm going to make things for them. And she begins to minister to these widows. And then a tragedy, an illness strikes, and why Peter's preaching, and she passes. And they, they wash her. They prepare her in the upper room. That's not a normal room where they normally put that. Um, that could have been because the amount of people that was coming to mourn her um, because when Peter arrived, the way it's made, I, it doesn't say it like this, but this is my visual picture. This is just Kent's visual. He's walking, and he can't walk from all the widows pointing and showing and doing and showing the importance. And, and, it, and it says the saints and the widows. And what that means is not saying that some of those widows were not believers, but it's probably indicating that not all the widows were were believers and they were seeing something that this lady was doing for them and out of love and so here comes Peter because it leads to our second point not only was Peter connected and affected man Peter was available Peter was available look what happens and Peter was teaching and he has crowds and and, and, and Lida and and he's preaching and people are coming to know the Lord and then these guys travel three hours by foot. They come over and they say, hey, we have someone who's passed away. And what does, it, what does it say? And Peter looked at them and said, I am too busy. No, that's not what it says, does it? And it says, and he arose and he went. Another quote from John MacArthur here, despite his duties... And among the masses confessing Jesus, the scripture says that Peter rose and went with them, and he was never too busy with the crowds to be available to help in the time of need. One of the things that I made a goal in my ministry was to always be available. I always wanted to be accessible. And let me explain. I saw pastors... And I saw other people who I loved in my life. They did not sometimes seem available. They did not seem accessible. But the ones that really meant a lot to me, the ones that really, to me, did the ministry and saw what I felt like the ministry of Christ was, they were never too busy. And trust me, brothers and sisters, they were busy. But they were never too busy to talk to a little boy who had questions. And trust me, I had a lot of questions. You think I have a lot of questions now? I had a lot of questions then. They were never too busy to talk to a little boy. They were never too busy to talk to a teenager who was dealing with a calling and didn't understand why the Lord was calling him to something that he knew that he was completely ill-equipped Ill to do. They were never too busy. And then now as a 40-year-old man, they're still never too busy to call me once a month to just check on me and to pray with me and love me. And they're still very busy men. But again, this story is not just for pastors. The story is for all of us that we do not busy ourselves too much, that we're not available. One of the stories I want to use is from World Changers. So we went to Muncie, Indiana. 
So we went to Muncie. We went to Indianapolis. It was, uh, 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 it, uh, was the key city there, but we went to Muncie. I was, I, I was just as excited to go to Muncie that I was for Indianapolis because I'm a huge Jim Davis fan. If you don't know who Jim Davis is, Garfield. Um, I love Garfield. Have always, I learned how to read by Garfield comics. So I kept seeing this cool cat. And I was five, and I, didn't, I couldn't get the words, but I was like, I want to read what this is. And so I've learned to read to read the Garfield comics. So I have always had the Garfield. Yes, you can laugh at me. It's okay. I'm okay with it, okay? Um, uh, but the thing is, me and him differ. I don't hate Mondays. He does, but I don't hate Mondays. And, um, but, but we both love lasagna, so um, my favorite food. And so... That's had a change with my diet, but so please don't bring me all these pans of lasagna. It's hard for me to say no. Uh, but uh, but uh, so I, so here we are. And if you know what Muncie is really famous for is um, the balls jars, and they're they're famous for Ball State, uh, where David Letterman and Jim Davis and some of them went to. And this city was just broken. They, 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 they remembered what they were to what, uh, uh, and to where they are now. And as we were ministering, we, we, um, sometimes World Changers connects with um, local community um, events. And this one had to be Habitat for Humanity. And we were fixing up this home. And it happened to be this, this house in particular. They put two teams on it. And so there was a lot of Cell Street people on this. And so... Uh, one of the ladies said, hey, we'd really like for you to clean the sidewalk. I said, Where, where's that at? You're standing on it. Oh, it was fully grown, could not see. And I had seen some sidewalk on the others, but I thought it was all broken up and stuff. And I found out it was fully connected. It was just under the grass. So I grabbed some of our kids, and we were, uh, we were um, getting in there, and we were clearing off. And I told them, hey, let's just keep going. Let's just do the whole block. So that's what we started doing. People started coming out of their homes and talking to us and telling their story. Why? Because we were available, and they were seeing something, that we weren't just doing it for this home, but we decided to do it for the whole. And so every day, that's what we did. While everybody else was working, we kept working on the sidewalk. And trust me, it took a while. And people would come out, and they wanted to talk. And one man and one lady in particular, they wanted to know why I was doing something so nice for, um, for them and for a town that did not deserve it. Gospel opportunity right there. I explained to them that none of us deserve what we have and that I too was blessed because someone gave me something I did not deserve, and that was eternal life through Jesus Christ, and we were able to win. They did not become believers, but that does not matter. The gospel was spread and planted. See, we get real excited in church when we hear that they become believers, but we need to be just as excited when people are going and being obedient in spreading the word, because what happens with the spread of the word, we'll never under fully understand. Because what if they went and told, well, this is what he said to someone else, and they don't understand what they have said, but it hits that person because it's the seeds of the gospel. So we see that just as in this passage, I want to show you something that I like about it. 
even though we're talking about Peter's availability, we also need to look at, look at Dorcas uh, as it showed her to the widows. We have an effective ministry here in our community when we're accessible to people. No matter if the people are different from us or even if they agree with us, are, are uh, being accessible and showing Christ and all our actions can lead to those gospel opportunities and that is what we see in Tabitha do with her ministry and we see Peter continue that as well lastly we see here Peter glorified Christ none of this and none of this ministry was about Peter. It was about Christ. As we get prepared for world changers, none of it is about Cell Street Baptist Church. None of it is about even world changers. It is about Jesus Christ. The only way we can do the things we're going to be able to do is by His power and His power alone can we go and we can spread the gospel Christ is an example in which Peter is used in both of the healings you see similarities in the way that he did the, uh, the healings in which Jesus had done in the New Testament and Peter took Christ's words that he had spoken in John 15 to heart where he says abide in me and I am you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless he abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches, and he who abides in me, I am him. He bears much fruit from a part from me. You can do nothing. This meant something to Peter, and the reason we know this is because of another verse that he said. And a few years ago, I had our youth memorize this verse at World Changers. 1 Peter 4.11 Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified. Let's do that again. In, that, in everything that may God be what? glorified through Jesus Christ and to him belong glory and domain forever and ever amen it meant something to Peter we know because of this and that in nothing in which Peter did was for Peter and nothing in which Cell Street will be doing here in the upcoming week is for us it is for the glory of God amen and amen, and amen. Another quote from John MacArthur, those who minister effectively for Jesus must seek to exalt him, not to promote themselves. We got to exalt him. Peter understood his role perfectly. When he came to both people, Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ, not the name of Peter, not the name of Jerusalem Baptist Church, okay, not the name of anything uh, 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 of another organization heal yourself he says in the name of Jesus you are healed Peter selfishly, uh, uh, selflessly uh, uh, in humility stands in sharp contrast to many in the ministry today who seek their own fame and fortune 
instead of seeking to exalt the name of Christ. Because it is not us who need to be made known, it is Jesus who needs to be made known. Something I read out of the ESV study, and I, and I loved it, it was a great reminder. Peter had no supernatural power in his own words, but the Lord had showed him and what he was going to do in response to Peter's prayer, and he imparted to Peter's heart the knowledge and faith that he was going to restore Dorcas, that he was going to restore Anatus to uh, of him, of his, uh, of his parallelism, and Tabitha uh, to life as Peter spoke. And as the band is coming forward, and as we're getting ended here, just I want to remind you that I don't want us to forget the last little part here too. And it said, where did he stay with a tanner named Simon? You're seeing Peter become different because a tanner was a big issue because tanners dealt with um, carcasses and dead animals, which means he was unclean. So here is Peter now understanding that we're now in the new covenant, no longer attached to the old covenant. We're now in a new covenant, and that new covenant was made by Jesus Christ. So here's the, so, so if we, this morning, we listen to a song right before I preach that it's not about us, it's, uh, we, we cannot do this life without us, and, and, and we know with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that means that he came for us, he died on the uh, cross for our sins, and because of what he has done, we have been saved. So this morning, I want to ask you, if you do not know him as your personal Lord and Savior, we'd love to talk to you this morning and have that conversation. But maybe this morning you want to pray. Maybe you see, maybe I can have some opportunities coming up this week that I can be connected to where the Spirit is leading me. That I, I'm not going to be, I, 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 um, uh, I'm going to be available for what the Lord needs me to be that in everything in which I'm going to do, I'm going to glorify Christ. Let's look at that, how we can do effective ministry, because that is what we're to do as a church together. Not one person, not one position, but together in unity we need to go. Let us be connected and what the Spirit is leading us and connecting that to the opportunities to Christ. Let us not be too busy for what the Lord is going to do and let us make everything known and let it be known by Him. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for Your Gospel. We thank You for who You are. We thank You, Father, that this morning that everything in which we do is about You. I pray, Father, that we just take this time and we respond to Your Word in Your holy and precious name.